My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Amanda Wilson and Dan Sawyer. A lot of us are looking for answers. The world is in an awful state, and it's hard to know what to do about it. Of course, for many people who face the worst aspects of our violent and precarious world, survival itself is a crucial form of resistance, as is helping friends and family and loved ones to survive. Many of us also respond as best we can to the urgent exhortations to click and sign and give that constantly appear on our social media feeds and go when we can to a protest or a demonstration. But for a lot of us, there's this nagging sense that getting to the root of things will take more than this, and that that more needs to mean working in a sustained and collaborative way with other people. But if we're wary of joining a political party, and if we don't already belong to, say, a union that encourages rank-and-file engagement, or a church with a strong social justice tradition, it's not clear exactly how to go about working with others to change the world. Today's interviewees argue that one useful way to answer that question, and a way that is possible for almost anyone, is to get together with a handful of other people with whom you share political values and priorities and form a collective. That is, a small group of people working together in deliberate, organized, and non-hierarchical ways on something that they all believe is important. And they've done a number of things to help people figure out how to actually do that. Amanda Wilson and Dan Sawyer have both been involved in activism and organizing in the Ottawa area for a long time, and they're members of a small anti-authoritarian group called the Punch Up Collective. In their experience, much of the grassroots activism and organizing that happens in Ottawa, as in many places, primarily involves short-lived issue-based groups, often in the context of broader grassroots networks that are also very fluid and often quite transient. Such groups and networks sometimes do important grassroots work, and at certain moments have contributed to urgently needed victories, but it's also an approach to activism and organizing that has some downsides. The Punch Up Collective, formed about four years ago, after Sawyer, Wilson, and the two other soon-to-be collective members, had some discussions about their shared interest in figuring out a new way of engaging with activism and organizing. They all wanted to be working with a group in a sustained way, they wanted that group to operate in ways oriented towards the long term, and they wanted a way of doing things that offered more scope for being deliberate about things like decision-making, accountability, strategic direction, and just being good to one another in the course of the work. For them, that meant forming a small, closed collective. Their work so far has largely consisted of a range of activities to support and grow grassroots organizing capacity in the Ottawa community. To that end, they've done things like hold a number of workshops to provide opportunities for people to build organizing skills, and recently they launched an elementary but crucial piece of local movement infrastructure, a weekly email newsletter called Radical Events Ottawa that aims to provide a one-stop resource for people looking to get connected with a broad range of grassroots events, actions, and organizations in the community. 
This is the context for their efforts to help people develop the ideas and skills they need to form their own collective. They started by doing lots of reading on the topic, and drew on both that and their own extensive experience in grassroots movements to develop a workshop. They've offered the workshop themselves to people in the Ottawa area. As well, they wrote an article on the topic for the magazine Briarpatch, and they've published the full curriculum for the workshop on their own Tumblr site in the hopes that other people in other places might take it up and adapt it to their own needs. Though collectives are not the only organizational form we need in struggles to change the world, the members of Punch Up argue that it is a form that is well suited to our current moment, in which we are increasingly fragmented and isolated from one another, but yearning for ways to come together. Not only is forming a collective something most of us could do, it also allows us to tap into that magic of human sociality whereby even just half a dozen people working together can accomplish far more than the same number of people working on their own. Forming collectives will not only help us do more and more effective grassroots political work in the present, but it is one achievable and important first step towards building powerful movements. I speak with Wilson and Sawyer about collectives in general, about Punch-Up in particular, and about their work to support other people in forming collectives of their own. Hi, my name's Amanda. I live in Ottawa on unceded and unsurrendered Algonquin territory, and I'm a member of the Punch-Up Collective. I'm Dan. I also live in Ottawa, a member of the Punch-Up Collective. I've been active in Ottawa as a community organizer on various issues for the better part of two decades. Punch-Up has been around, I think we're just past year four. So we're a pretty new collective, relatively speaking, and we're small. There's only four of us. For the last four years, we've sort of been trying to figure out how to fit into the wider struggles in Ottawa and the role we can play in supporting those struggles. There's a lot to say about the strategies and focus we've been on, but I think a big part of it has been figuring out how to strengthen and build local and regional organizing around social justice, economic issues. Defining features of collectives, and you know, there's no one definition, but it's usually you know a relatively small group of people working together. I think we came up with a number of like 20 or less, but a relatively small group of people. But I think the key is the way that they're organizing and the structures they use are non-hierarchical. So they're relating to each other in a way that they're trying to build each other's capacities. They're building mutual aids. There's not a structure where, you know, people at the top hold all the decision-making power, but that collectively everyone has the same vote, the same power to influence the group. I don't think that our view is that, you know, collectives are the be-all and end-all and that every type of organizing has to be collective-based. There's lots of other types of organizations out there. There's political parties, there are coalitions, there are membership-driven organizations. There's a lot of models out there. But I think one of the things that we've been grappling with, especially locally, is figuring out what's possible in the present moment in terms of building from where we are now to a movement or groups of movements that can really confront the situations that we're dealing with, which requires significant scaling up. Certainly there are people that feel the approach would be to strengthen your local NDP riding associations or work through the Labor Council, those sorts of groups. But we think that something that is possible for almost anyone is to get together with that small group of people and start work on something that you feel needs to be worked on. So we see the collectives as something that's possible for almost anyone in the present moment, and it's sort of a step in the right direction. There are many definitions to what a collective is. I think we talk about it from the point of view of what we think an effective collective is. 
and talk about how we feel it has often a fairly defined membership, which we think is really important in terms of establishing accountability, both internally and to the groups you're working with and the wider community in terms of things you're saying, things you're working on, that sort of stuff. We feel that it's often horizontally organized internally in terms of the decisions are collectively made. It's different than a more top-down membership-driven organization, for example. And that there's this sense in a collective that you are sharing responsibility, you're sharing the work, you're sharing the ability to do the work and learn how to do the work. I guess most importantly, that you have a shared sense of what the project is and that you're supporting each other in it going forward. So how did Punch Up first come together as a collective? My first memory of it was one of our other members and I, I think we're just chatting at a social event, lamenting some of the challenges we were feeling in organizing in Ottawa and how it can be a really cyclical town, you know, where folks come in for university or they come in for a job and then they move on. And also feeling like the type of organizing that often happened would be these short-lived issue-based groups that would pop up, would be active for a while, and then, you know, it would sort of disband for various reasons. And then another thing would pop up. And the two of us just talking about, you know, there must be a better way for us to be organizing in Ottawa and building capacity and really feeling that desire to organize with folks in Ottawa for the long haul, not to criticize people who move for work or whatever. But we really, I think, we're sort of thirsty for the opportunity to build relationships with folks who are committed to staying in Ottawa for the long haul and be able to talk about what it would look like to support and build a capacity to contribute to radical organizing and radical movements in Ottawa. As the four of us started bumping into each other at various things locally and we're talking about how we were feeling, I think one of the things we all were reacting to as well was we'd all have a history of being involved in groups locally, but in other places too, that the boundaries of those organizations were very fuzzy in terms of who the members were and what the decision-making process was. You know, these groups where it's whoever shows up to the meeting is making decisions. So what happens then if those people don't show up to the next meeting? And there are all these kinds of issues around like carrying work forward and accountability and stuff like that, that we are all feeling some frustration with. And saw this idea of forming under a closed collective as a way to address some of those feelings. Over the past four years, as our identity and, and what we want to focus on has evolved, it's that we have broad themes of, you know, the world we're interested in helping to build and create. But we don't have a particular issue or struggle or campaign that we're trying to advance. We took a much broader perspective of wanting to kind of both cultivate and sort of raise a pole and model a way to organize that we think helps to kind of build accountability, to build capacity, to build longevity and good practices. And then also, you know, pitch in and lend a hand and support other campaigns and struggles that are happening. We've put on like a panel talking about labor struggles as part of May Day. We've put on a film screening of the Lego movie to try to sort of encourage folks with kids and parents to stay within radical organizing movements. We've put on a workshop and training on accountability and sort of conflict resolution within groups. The main theme of our four years so far has been trying to find ways to support and grow local organizing capacity. So a variety of workshops, including the workshop around how to organize a collective and the work we did around that. But I mean, the other thing, too, that we recently launched, it's a pretty simple, straightforward project, but there's clearly a need for it locally. We felt an email events listserv, like an old school listserv, because there's a lot of people out there that are moving away from social media and social media has all kinds of problems with it, obviously. So we've set up a weekly events email listserv as a simple thing we could do to sort of build some local capacity. One of the conversations we often have is just how do we relate to campaign work? 
one of the deliberate decisions we have made so far at this point is to shy away from launching our own particular campaign that we are spearheading. We've supported a wide variety of local struggles, but we have really shied away from being like, Punch-Up is going to be taking a leadership role in this particular issue locally or regionally. And tell me about the conversations and then the work that led specifically to the various things you've done to help others think about collectives and think about maybe organizing their own collectives. One of the ways that Punch-Up functions is we're very slow. We try to operate on, I guess, what we feel is a longer time frame than many of the groups that are in our area. That's partly a function of the fact that we are four people. We live here. We sort of have a different perspective than other groups that are more transitory, have less defined membership. And so we do things like every year we have a longer summer meeting, a retreat in advance where we review the year that's just happened and what we got done and what we didn't and what could have gone better. And we map out the year ahead. And I think every time we have that meeting, we sort of come back to a couple of key topics. And one is, how do we build local capacity? And two is, how do we as a collective relate to other groups locally? And I think that whole issue of how do we build capacity locally is what led to this idea of putting some resources together to help people build collectives. Because the organizing terrain in Ottawa, in our region, would be really different if there was even a couple other dedicated, sustained collectives locally. And again, I think we do think that it is a tangible, relatively easy thing for people to do wherever they are. It's a different thing than, you know, joining a political party. Not everybody's part of a union. Not everybody is part of an organization that they're comfortable in or would feel comfortable in. In Ottawa, too, many of the organizations are very transitory. And so in some ways, it's hard for people to get involved in something that's going to be around for a while. And so we started talking about this idea of what can we do to support the growth of other collectives locally and regionally. We also wanted to have a conversation about, based on our experiences and, you know, resources that other folks have written, what are features of effective collectives. We had all individually had less than awesome experiences in a variety of different collective formations and wanting to have that conversation of how are you going to think about membership or decision making or how are you going to address conflict between members and really wanting to bring our experiences from that and be explicit about that. Collectives are a way that we can get important work done while being good to each other. It's a type of organization that allows you, because of its size, because of the way you can structure it, because of the way decisions are made, it's the sort of organizational structure that allows you to think through your relationship to the people you're working with, to be responsible to those people, to share responsibility and accountability. It's a model that allows that to happen. I mean, the work has to be done, but it's a better model if those things need to be prioritized than other types of models, right? Like big coalitions or membership organizations where you are sort of lost in the structure with limited power to sort of direct things. Let's maybe go through some of the other highlights of the content that you try to convey in terms of beginning and working as a collective. The workshop, we start with a general pitch for collectives. This is where we try to reframe the discussion to what makes up an effective collective. Effective collectives internally, they have some pretty defined and shared understanding of roles in the collective. Depending on what your collective is doing, what the project is, you might need someone that is in charge of keeping the financial records. Or most collectives, you're going to have to have meetings, so you're going to have all those common meeting roles. 
So I think like internal roles and stuff like that was important, but also a shared understanding of what the actual structures and policies of the collective are, right? Like one of the very first things we did was we established a conflict resolution and accountability process. If things go off the rails or if there are issues in the collective around accountability or if conflict arises, how are we going to resolve it? Or if someone external to the organization has a concern about something the collective or a collective member has done, how are we going to resolve it? And we spent quite a while like hashing that out and writing it down so there's a shared understanding of it. Part of our pitch for collectives and part of the way that we shaped the workshop was making an argument that we think that structure can be really helpful. That structure in some ways can be really problematic, but that being intentional about how you want to set up your collective and how you want it to function, that we have all come from the experience that that can be really beneficial and really important. And so that then flowed to encouraging folks to think about decision making and membership, whether it's, you know, totally fluid or closed, but just to have that conversation and to think about how you're going to address conflict before it comes up and it's a total nightmare. And I think in designing the workshop beyond the content, we were really trying to create space for conversation. And so, you know, recognizing that folks coming to the workshop would have their own experiences, even if they've never been in a collective before, they have some experience that would relate. And so we created lots of space for brainstorming and exercises and feedback and just, you know, space for conversation to make it more participatory. Collectives can be structured around a variety of different needs. There are collectives that run bookstores. There are collectives that do, you know, street medic stuff. There are collectives that are built around a specific point in time, like maybe it's a legal defense project. There are collectives with clear start dates and end dates. So the specifics of how the collective is going to be structured really depends on what the project is or projects are. But I think we want to emphasize in the workshop and in the article that we believe collectives need to be intentional. It needs to be this clear discussion and shared understanding of how things are structured internally, and they should be structured and organized, and, and everybody should be clear on what that structure is. The more you can draw out the specifics of the internal structure, what roles needed, who's going to fill those roles, and what the responsibilities are, the better. What would you say concretely if there were a group of younger activists who were really pumped about the idea of starting a collective, but wanted practically to get a sense of how do we start this? How do we go about getting these conversations and decisions happening? I would say read our workshop outline, <laughs> but in terms of things that have really helped us be sustained over these past few years is having conversations around shared politics and shared levels of commitment so that we all felt like we had enough in common politically to be working on shared projects and that we wouldn't be having these kind of internal struggles about the type of work we wanted to be doing, that we sort of had a strong basis of shared politics, but that we also had a shared understanding about the kind of collective that we wanted to be. So, you know, moving slowly, but being really thoughtful isn't for everybody. Because we do that, we often don't respond to things in time or in, you know, the time frame that folks would like, and we don't react quickly to things when they happen. But that was the kind of organizing that we wanted to do and the level of commitment that each of us had and wanted to contribute and our capacity. We had conversations about that and we're all in the same place. And so I think those two things like shared politics and shared level of commitment really help create the dynamics in a collective where sort of predisposed to function moderately well. I mean, some things are just crises or emergencies and have to be responded to in the short term. And I think we're more talking about people that want to come together to start thinking a little bit longer term and more 
how are we going to start and keep a project going over the long haul? And for that, if people really want to get started in it, they should have the conversation with people that they're interested in organizing with about what they want to work on, what excites them, how they'd like to see their community or their town or their region, you know, in one year, in two years, in three years or, or more. But then I think once you actually start to come together, it's really practical stuff. You need to like discuss and write down how you're going to make decisions. I think you need to discuss and write down what your politics are and what the roles and responsibilities of people in the group are. I think it's important to have a conversation about the boundaries of the group. Is it just anybody who shows up? Is it a wide open collective? Or do some people have decision making power? I think all these things have to be like spelled out in a really practical sense and written down. I don't think that people need to feel like you need to have answers to all those things before you actually start the work. A lot of these things you can work through as you go, provided there is this commitment to one another that you're all going to work on it together and that you're committing to not just a couple of months of this stuff, that there's this understanding that everybody is investing in this for a longer term. So what kind of responses have you seen to the various methods you've been using to get some of these ideas out there? There's certainly been a lot of interest. So when we ran the collective's workshop, we pretty much had a full house. And we just, the other week, shared the outline of the workshop and, you know, the article and the resources together as a package to disseminate. And I think the response to that so far has been really great. We've heard from at least one person who's going to try to put on the workshop in their own community. And so I think all of that is really great and really positive to see that folks can take those resources and, you know, use them in their own context for their own purposes, just to help further that conversation and maybe give people just a bit of a helpful nudge to take a look and to have those conversations. So I think from our perspective, there's a lot of interest in having these conversations and thinking about it. And even though there isn't, say, you know, in our own local context yet, you know, five other collectives that we can relate to and organize with. I hope that those ideas are, you know, just sort of germinating and will continue to bear fruit down the line. One of the things we're realizing is that while there isn't sort of this immediate uptake, like there aren't dozens of new collectives organizing in Ottawa, I think one of the things we're realizing is that there's a real hunger locally for people to find each other. And so I think at all of the workshops and events we've been holding, one of the things that people are vocalizing is, you know, this is really great. I'm really fired up about this, but I want to stay in touch with everyone else that's here. Is there a way to do that? That's one of the things we've been reflecting on lately is that one of the missing components may be that it's difficult for people to find each other and to have conversations with each other and find other people that they might actually want to organize with. Reflecting on my own trajectory of organizing locally, it is something that's very different than when I started to get involved in the late 90s, early 2000s. It was very easy to find local institutions or email listservs or other things where you could meet other people that were interested in organizing. And I think that's one of the things that's led us to start to do things like the events email listserv as a way of supporting people finding each other. So we'll see what happens as we try to like fill in what we see as some of the missing pieces, helping people even find each other to start the conversation about how to have collectives, how to start a collective. Because we're a closed collective that isn't interested in increasing our membership at this time is that, you know, if we were a different kind of group, it would be really easy to put on the collectives workshop and say, hey, join us or to put on events. And I think we've certainly over the past four years had lots of conversations with folks who've expressed an interest in getting more involved with Punch Up and the work that we do. And so I think that's also just, you know, a challenge of the way that we've chosen to organize. And so that spread will take a bit longer because the easiest thing would be to tell someone to join a pre-existing thing and it's harder to go out and create something new. But 
certainly we're hoping that happens. And what's your sense of what the other barriers are that are standing in the way of there being a dozen new collectives doing various things in the Ottawa area? There are challenges that we've named previously that transients that, you know, a lot of people move in and move out of Ottawa, and that's not unique to Ottawa. That makes it really challenging. And I think that crisis environment that I think a lot of people get into organizing or become involved because of a particular issue or a particular struggle. And so folks come into these spaces with that mentality that, you know, things need to happen fast, they need to happen really soon, and that we need to be focused on these goals and these strategies, all of which are, you know, super important, but that often doesn't leave a lot of time and it's hard to prioritize those other less exciting questions about, you know, how do we want to make decisions and, you know, what are our policies? Who are our membership? Also, just people are precarious. People are really scrambling in their daily lives often. So it can be tough to take on organizing when you're concerned with the day to day. The situation that we all find ourselves in is really tough. And that limits the ability of people often to get involved in organizing. It presents all kinds of obstacles, but there's all kinds of real world obstacles that prevent people from getting plugged in. Another thing is that it's a lot easier for people to point to other models of organizing. It's much easier to be like, if you're in a union, oh, this is how things are structured. They're like top-down organization, da-da-da-da. Like, oh, it's another election. I guess I could join my routing association. There are other models out there that people know, but there are fewer models, which I think are highly visible, that are structured like collectives. But I also think, too, like, I don't think we should discount the fact that many left organizations, collectives or not, are not great. We're not good to each other. They're violent organizations, they're oppressive organizations, they have all kinds of internal dynamics which are harmful. And I think there's a lot of people that get involved in organizing, get involved in left struggles and are forced out or are turned off by what they've experienced. And I think our suggestion that people try collectives as an organizing model is a way to try to address some of those obstacles. What does Punch Up have planned in the next while? One thing that we're working on right now that will hopefully launch soon is a sort of a demo guide or organizing guide to Ottawa. Again, that idea of how can we contribute to, you know, capacity building and making it easier for folks to either get involved or to organize in the city. And so having sort of different resources around, you know, the dynamics of organizing in Ottawa, things like we've been working on this Google map to point out helpful places to have meetings or hold rallies or do marches or, you know, MPP's offices where you may want to hold these events. The other big thing we're currently engaged in is the formation of a local coalition to confront the Ford government. There's currently about a dozen to 15 organizations, as well as individuals that are coming together. That's in the early days. In terms of collectives, I don't think we have any firm plans on that front. We're excited to see where this workshop goes. And we haven't really discussed it, but I think we probably will revisit in a year what's happened between now and then and if it's been taken up or how it's been taken up and if there's continuing work that should be done around it. So I'm excited to see where things are at in a year. You have been listening to my interview with Amanda Wilson and Dan Sawyer of the Punch Up Collective. To learn more about their work or to find the material they've developed that will help you in starting your own collective, go to punchupcollective.tumblr.com. To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show.
On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. Thank you.